Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, Toasters. Welcome along. Oh, thanks for listening. You're the best. Uh, so I'm keeping it very low energy at the beginning because it's currently, what is it, 20 minutes past 10 on Tuesday night. And I've just finished editing the podcast. I've only just finished, which for me is very late. It's very unprofessional. Uh, and my wife and kids are asleep in the room next door. Long story. And if I talk too loud, I'll wake them up and then they will all kill me like sleepless zombies. What a way to go. So I'm being very quiet and very apologetic to you for doing this so last minute and slapdash. However, um, thrilled you're there. Thank you very much. It's a great episode this week. You're going to enjoy it. Um, a bit of business. Uh, the Adam Buxton episode is currently up on Patreon, patreon.com slash toasterpod. Uh, so if you want to have a listen to that, then get stuck in. I've got to say a big thank you to Howell, my mate Howell, uh, who I saw this week. He's a fellow uh, dad. Our kids play football together. And he said, Tom, I love your podcast. I'm never going to pay a penny for it. Top man. Absolute top man. Thanks, Hal. Uh, so thanks for that support. If you, however, don't want to be like Hal and you want to give us three pounds, that's right, three pounds. That's the that's the low grade, that's the low entry fee uh, for a little bit of toaster advanced episodes, then jump onto patreon.com slash toasterpod uh, and you can get the Adam Buxton episode waiting for you now. In the meantime, enjoy Philippa Perry. Um, as you're about to hear, this was a slightly different vibe because she screen shared, so she was kind of in control. And that just made it a wonderful roller coaster. And, she just, and she's more uh, easily distractible than me. And that's saying something. So enjoy that. Enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. And uh, see you soon. Bye. So I'm going to look in the camera for this. Because when I'm looking at you, actually, my eye line's there when I'm looking at oh, you. Oh, okay. So it looks so- like I'm not. But that is me looking deep into your eyes. Instead of that, yeah, you've got to look at the camera. I'll look at the camera too, which means I can't see yeah, anything except for a little black dot on my that? computer. There. Is that spooky too? Um, Oh yeah, it's quite. No, you're. That's fine. You look like you're looking. Yeah, you're looking right at me. Yeah. No, that's uncomfortable. Okay, yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, I'll look at. Um, I'll look at you again instead. <laughs> I have got the very brilliant Philippa Perry uh, with me today, Philippa. Thank you for coming on My Mate Bought a Toaster. I'm so brilliant. It's taken me 20 minutes to remember my Amazon password. <laughs> and we're on a Zoom this week, so I can see you, uh, which means I've just had the most amazing TV show, which is Philippa Perry having a password breakdown. Yeah. The, commission it. Um, at once, you... The swearing, the despair. You started panicking about me needing to go and do things. I'm a podcaster. I've got nothing else to do but this. This yeah. is all I want to do. No need to panic at all. Um, so look, and the other way we're doing it today, which is the first time we've done this, and I think this is a uh, this is this is a game changer. 
Philippa is sharing her screen with me on Zoom. So I'm going to direct you in, Philippa, right? So what you need to do, you, you've opened up your orders and I can see your latest order, which we will get to eventually. But what we're going to do now... I've got the wrong glasses on. Sorry. There we go. Okay. What? I can see now. Oh, but you're, okay. not, you're, not, you're not quite as Philippa Perry now. Yeah, but these glasses. are my reading glasses. Come on. Okay. All right, fine. Um, so this, you're like Clark Kent compared to Superman now. Uh, all right, so Clark, what I'd like you to do is where it says 32 orders placed in the past three months, yeah. if you click on the little drop down there and you're going to see all the years. Wow. Scro- yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Scroll down, 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 please. Let's go back into the mist of time. Come on, all the way back. 07, please. Yes, thank you very much. What? Indeed. So here we are in 2007. You made 87 orders. Scroll Now scroll down on this page for me, please. And, oh, I just yes, bought we'll books then, didn't I? Yes. Well, that's what we all did on Amazon. That's what we all did when Amazon was just like a sort of slightly innocent tax-paying bookshop. But the thing is, that's my oh, book. Exactly. Nobody else in my family had an Amazon account. So if anybody wanted a book, they'd get it through mm. me and I and I yes. would pay for it. Yeah. You're, well, that's the problem. You become the Amazon mule. Yeah. And, the, and then I got things like medical school interviews, a practical guide to get you to that place. I go, that is not for me. <laughs> I didn't want to go to medical school. <laughs> Well, who was it for then? What was- well, my daughter thought she wanted to be a doctor at one point. Yeah. So I said, before you go to medical school, don't you think you should just follow a doctor about? Yes. And so uh, she followed my friend who's a cardiac um, surgeon. And she said, Mum, I don't want to be a doctor. And that was just after one day. Really? She said, I love the surgery. I love the science. But God, he had to speak to people and they were horrible. <laughs> she hated the... Um, the um, the relations of the patient that blamed him mm. because he the patient was getting better but not as quick as they hoped. Oh really? Oh, this is the problem. So that isn't put it? her off if, that put her off being a doctor. If you're a doctor, you know, people patients believe they have a sort of client provider relationship with doctors and they're just, you know, very impatient. And I would I'd be like, Ryan, if I was a doctor, I'd be like, fuck you then. See you later. Forget about it. Look yeah, well, he was really nice. That's what that's what Flo wanted to do. But he was really nice, my friend of the doctor. It's a very good way. Anyway, very good uh, way to crush kids' uh, dreams uh, with working things, just to send them and experience that yeah, job. Yeah, shadow for a day. someone for yeah. a bit. Mm. Mm. Um, she shadowed a GP, and that was disgusting. Apparently, quite a lot of genital warts. <laughs> She'd had enough by then. <laughs> Uh, right, here's what we need to do, please. Um, uh, go to nine along the bottom here, and you can see we're then going to be able to see your first ever thing you bought on Amazon. So we're back in 2000, no. yeah, 2007, and then scroll down now because it starts. Oh, from step the bottom into up. the Stone Age. I love that book. Well, let's talk about that then. Let's 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 dive into. No, that wait a minute. To. Let's see the first thing I ever bought. So Ooh, wait a minute. Here we go. Here we go. That's it. Oh, the first here you thing. go. So 15th of January 2007, uh, you bought attachment trauma and multiplicity, working with disassociative identity disorder a great read I a, did. a paperback top 10 bestseller surely no i it's by a friend of mine valerie sinison yeah. and she's really good on dissociative identity disorder which used to be called multiple personality disorder and i had a few clients with this and i i learned to specialize in it and uh, I had special sessions with Valerie Sinison, who's an expert in it, who helped me. Mm. And I bought her book. And uh, yes, dissociative identity disorder. It's when you're really traumatized, yeah. so much so that you go 
you can't be who you are. So you go into another personality and you are that person. So is it a different personality when you're in it? Or do you literally call yourself like Keith and actually I'm a bus driver and a completely different person? Or is that, is that an extreme cartoonized yeah, version be, of it? It can go like that. It can oh. go like that. You can swap gender and everything. And have you seen it happen right in front of you where it, people just flip from one to the other? They usually dissociate into sort of catatonic silence. Oh, okay. Sort of like just sort of zone out. That's dissociation. And then you can dissociate and then and then uh, have a different sort of personality when you come back. Wow. Wow. This sort of stuff really scares me. You know that. It really scares mm. me because when I was growing up, my mum used to, I might as well get some free therapy. Um, my mum used to go on about, because we've got history of mental illness in my family, and she used to say all sorts of things about her mother going to the funny farm. She always talked about the funny farm. That was her phrase. And I used to be, I was really scared of it. And I've still got this sort of thing in the back of my head based on what I grew up listening to, that, that madness was only just around the corner, this weird sort of... It is only just around oh. the corner of the brain. <laughs> this is the The thing. brain is a, such a delicate organ. Yeah. You know, and uh, just have a little bit of trauma somewhere to the brain and you can recognise everybody except for your significant others, things like that. You go, oh, God, it's a very delicate organ. Yeah, okay. You have a little stroke somewhere in your brain and you can't use your left hand side of your body or you can't remember what happened between 2012 and 2017 or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. weird. Mind it's that- weird. But the great thing about the brain is that it's plastic. And if you damage a bit, what happens is the neurons find another circuit around the damaged area. So you do get better. You can get better. And that's why things like therapy are worthwhile, obviously, because you can develop it and get better. Yeah, because the brain is plastic. Um, I can always work with a brain. Okay, good. All right. Plastic Give me a brain. I will work with it. Already fascinating. Okay, good. Oh, look, we've got another textbook on dissociative identity disorder. You can tell I've read them all from what I'm saying. Now, the other thing that absolutely fascinates me is prehistory. So we've got a lot of blood on prehistory, a lot of blood, a lot of books on prehistory, like the blood of the Isles here, Homo Homo Britannicus, the incredible story story of human life in Britain, Right, art, time and technology, culture Mm -hmm. machine. Oh God, that's by Charlie Gere. He's a friend of mine. He's an academic right? and he writes such clever books. I cannot understand them. (laughs) I I mean, his sentences are like a whole book long. Sorry, Charlie, but honestly, that was just too much for me. I only read the first chapter. I'm really sorry. The worst thing is when you get a book this is what i found at university when you get a book uh where you're reading it a textbook and you don't understand it the more you read it the less comprehensible it gets it's not like i'll just have another go and i'll have another go and i just you sort of slip into this fugue state where none of it's making any sense anymore yeah, fugue state mm. that's another part of uh, uh, dissociative identity disorder oh. well done no wonder you th- remembered that yes yes look at this one after the ice a global human history right this is like my hobby of 2007 all coming to light i love it all prehistory and the other thing about this you can't fake it can you <laughs> no no this is the thing this is the point we're finding out the true you exactly exactly well how about this hunter gatherers in history archaeology and anthropology mm, fascinating stuff you see the thing is about this subject is that human beings don't change much and as you know i'm very interested in psychology as we've seen from the dissociative identity textbooks mm. and human beings don't alter all that much our culture alters enormously 
but our actual physical brains don't alter. How we react to trauma doesn't alter. Yeah, yeah. And so um, all we can do is become more aware of it and take a meta perspective of it, which is why I love all these textbooks because I link it up with what I know about psychology. Mm. And do you think that do you think that uh, me- problems, mental health problems, you know, when they happened? Uh, however many thousand years ago, 15, 20,000 years ago, do you think they existed in the same way? Were we too busy just trying to survive no, the day? No, I don't think they did because uh, prehistory, you probably did about thirty to 40,000 steps a day yeah. and you had to work quite hard gathering berries and finding tubers and sometimes people went off to hunt, but it wasn't that successful, you know, because they hadn't domesticated animals by then. So you had to sort of be on your feet all day gathering all these things. And that's quite good for depression, Mm. (laughs) having so much exercise. The other thing is, I've got friends that have been really, really depressed, and I've been depressed from time to time as well, and you just can't get out of bed. You cannot get out of bed, you're so depressed. If you couldn't get out of your nest when you're in the Stone Age thing, you would die. Mm. So people might have died from depression, but they probably didn't live with it. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. if you couldn't go, be asked to go hunting and gathering and people got fed up of looking after you, you'd probably die. That's a good incentive to not get depression. So you probably wouldn't have so much depression in the Stone Age because mm. you'd be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, step into the Stone Age. There we are, 11th of February, 2007. That's more. Is that a sort of for a kid's kind of textbook type vibe? Oh, there? I like everything. So, yeah. like, so here you've got uh, an academic book mm-hmm. and then here you've got the kiddie book yes so i like i like to read both yes i like because my job is to take academic tomes uh from psychology and psychotherapy and psychoanalysis and put them into pop psychology so people can get the wisdom from them and learn from them mm. because they're brilliant brilliant books but they're written in very, very long sentences, so nobody would read them. Yeah. So I'm very interested in that when I'm looking at another subject, like when I'm looking at archaeology, I want to read the academic stuff, but I also want to read the pop stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just what I do. And that's the, that's the approach you took, obviously, with uh, the book you wish your parents had read, which is, is that your most recent publication? It's my most recent book, yes. Okay. And um, all the uh, facts in the book are sort of academically researched, but... Who wants who wants Harvard rep referencing yeah. in a in a in a book you want to actually use and apply? Totally, no footnotes, thanks. I don't want footnotes. No, I just want. There's the... very few footnotes ah, in that book. Quite right. I want academia, the best bits. You want academia with not too many long words. Yes, that's what I do because I actually struggle. I'm dyslexic. Okay. And uh, I have to work really hard at these academic books to get them in. And so I don't want anybody else to have to do that. So I think that's why I'm quite good at pop psychology. So so I can dilute it into something digestible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Okay, all right, good. Well, uh, you're digesting absolutely loads of books in 2007. Let's skip on ahead. Come on, Philip, but let's jump on ahead. So go up to 2007 there. Go to the top of this page. Go to the top, yeah. Yeah, Go to 07. Let's skip on a year or two. Come on, let's jump on ahead. Let's go to... See what I'm up to next. you go Where'd right you back. W- hang on, hang on, Philip. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got 2001 back there? 2000? Oh, I didn't <gasps> know about that. Talking of the Stone Age, give that, let's have a cheeky little click on there. Let's just have a little jump into there. So this is 21 years ago in 2000, two orders placed, and there's two books. Oh, so- God, I'm still on personality disorders. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, in search of the real self, unmasking the personality disorders of our age. But this is all or your work. This is fine. I'd be concerned if it wasn't your work. You know, maybe the, yeah. something going. Um, <laughs> cheeky little look at two thousand. Fine. So let's let's get back on the timeline, please, uh, Philippa. Should we try to? I, I'm interested yeah. now. What's happened well, in two thousand and three? This week you're in charge because it's your account, and you, I'm just you're screen sharing with me. So I'm just watching you. What if what have you got in two thousand and three? Tell me. I seem to have bought some films yeah. I bought About <laughs> Schmidt Monsoon Wedding and yeah. Life is Beautiful oh, those are good movies wow yeah 35 quid you spent on those 35 quid I know imagine woof, that woof. incredible where should we go now um, what you can choose alright I'm going to go for 2010 please take me to 2010 this is like being in charge of a time machine I love it uh, and then once again before you get distracted by the first oh, thing hello. you see which I we... look at this book <laughs> So this was bought. Do you know this? Are you are you familiar with this book? This was bought at the end of the year. This is a DVD by Dick Kirby. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's called Sick: The Life and Death of a Supermasochist, mm. Bob Flanagan. Right, go on. And it's really interesting because it shows the roots of sexual fetish. Uh-huh. Because Bob Flanagan had a terrible uh, disease where his lungs didn't work properly and he spent a lot of time in hospital when he was a child, right. being looked after by very loving nurses and doctors who stuck needles in him, right. who operated on him. Yeah. So he associated this pain with love right. and he became a massive sexual masochist. And then he made that into art. So it's art, but it's basically masochism. And I recommend the DVD. Wow. What kind of art? Give me any example. Performance art. Performance art, right, okay. Like he says at one point, he's got a girlfriend. He says, you got me by the balls there. You got me by the balls. And then the pe- the camera pans out and he's actually been suspended by his testicles on some hooks. That's That sort of thing. It's great fun. <laughs> Great fun to watch. Wow. So so um is he very conscious of the reason that he's into that stuff? Is because he's he's dead now, RIP. Okay. He had cystic fibro is it cystic fibrosis when you've got all that stuff in your lungs? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what he had. Right. He actually lived much much longer than most people live with it. He lived well into his forties and you usually die in your twenties with that disease. Yes. So I reckon his um Sexual motivation kept him going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. God bless Bob Flanagan. Amazing. I'd never heard of him before now. Now I'm fascinated. God bless the perverts. Yeah, always God bless the perverts. Oh, there's a tattoo right there. Oh, God, I've bought my own book. <laughs> ah, Shit. yes. Happens. Oh, oh, it makes it even worse that it's a gift order as well. Look, December 2010. Happy Christmas. You've bought... Well, to be honest, uh, Philippa, we get this almost every week on My Mate Bought a Toaster. What, people buying their own books? People buying their own so You've done it again. Uh, so well, well what people do is they, they talk to me and they say, oh, can I have a copy of your book? Mm. And I go, sure. And rather than write to the publisher and say, please, can I have six copies of £6.50? Mm. It's easier to buy this at £12.07. That seems very expensive. That's a bit. very expensive this is a couch and fiction, this book. A graphic tale of psychotherapy. Yes, it's actually just been reissued oh, by Penguin. Oh, 
for a much much more reasonable price. Right. But okay. I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, I was sort of want to know a little bit about couch, couch fiction, please. This is this is. I mean, okay. Couch fiction um, is a graphic novel. Yeah. And it's a depiction of psychotherapy between a client and a therapist. The therapist is called Pat Phillips, and she's got a bob and any. You know, she looks like me. That's just sheer coincidence. Complete chance. Yeah, sure, sure. And it shows you um, the process of psychotherapy from the client's point of view, from the therapist's point of view. And not only did you see from the speech bubbles what they say, you also see what they're thinking. And because of the way it's illustrating, you feel what they're feeling because of the way it's illustrated, I mean. Okay. So it's a sort of three-layer graphic novel Mm. on that part so you can see what's happening in all the layers and graphic novel was the best way to show this Mm. and underneath and I know you don't like technical notes you don't like the odd footnote underneath I've put all the theory um it, it, it all the sort of psychoanalytic theory and the proof and everything like that mm. that's all written in footnotes but it's done in a very amusing way I know funny footnotes I'm a very good. amusing person well of course you are PG Woodhouse used to do hilarious footnotes I love a funny footnote but so so very quickly so the the psychotherapy thing slightly unfair to say very quickly the psychoanalysis how does that differ from something like CBT cognitive behavioral therapy or just basic talking therapy what's the kind of you're going okay. deep is that the thing there's it, there's as many types of psychotherapies there are therapists, but there are some major brands like right. CBT, psychoanalysis, cognitive behavioral, as you said. Mm. Um, what makes the biggest difference is the actual practitioner and the relationship you have with them. Right. So if you had, say, humanistic or gestalt therapy with someone in one country and you're moving to another country, you think, oh, that was great. I want some of that. Mm. And you go to another gestalt therapist, you think, my God, this guy's rubbish. (laughs) That's not because his theories are rubbish. It's because you're not getting on with him. It's all chemistry. So what you need to make therapy work is a good working relationship with your therapist. And that's to do with them personally and you personally and the match. Finding a therapist is a bit between finding a um, doctor and a lover because you've got to really like them in a way. Or at least respect them. Yeah, I had this a bit when I, I had a therapist and he was really nice, but it didn't really work. And I, and he kept saying, you know, if you don't feel like, uh, uh, very early on he said, if you don't feel this is right, that's absolutely fine. I, I don't have a problem. And of course, out of guilt and awkwardness, I just sort of carried on. Oh, that was what we call a paradoxical intervention. <laughs> what are those? It's when you say the opposite of what you mean. Yeah. So when you say to someone, you'll never give up smoking, that's a paradoxical intervention. Um, intervention because they'll go yes I will so your intervention worked you see right 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 so if you want to leave then you can oh he must be a good guy I've got to stay stay. shit he's ineffectual (laughs) (laughs) yes that 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 that. Uh, good okay I'll keep an eye out for those I do those a lot Um, All right, let's carry on now what I'd like you to do Philippa scroll down to the bottom of this page right if you can dare to do it without getting distracted by the things you're going to see along the way I look, mean, nice novel there. Sometimes I read novels. Look, there's a novel. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> I'm, look, I'm starting to buy things on Amazon. This is what happens. 2010 is when everyone starts to buy 
things on Amazon. Um, we've got some nice wool tights here. I'm very sensible and practical. Red. Wool, merino tights. Yeah, Good. Yeah, yeah. Warm legs, that Philippa Perry. Warm legs. Very warm legs. Uh, right, go to the bottom there. Cashmere, oh, cashmere socks. socks. Lovely cashmere socks. Okay, now what number do you want me to hear? I want you to go all the way along to the bottom and pick number 10. Oh, here's a good one. So look, 17th of January, 2010. Couples, the truth. I am a couples therapist. Right. You're not getting any dirt on my marriage, I'm afraid. <laughs> Is everything okay? Everything's fine. And it was in 2010 as well. Do you, do you, do you still do couples this sounds like I'm not I'm not asking for business uh, I'm doing it with siblings at the moment for my own podcast ah really yeah I'm doing siblings counselling I'm really enjoying it and you're going to podcast the actual therapy session with yep. your siblings they get their they get their sessions free wow are and they famous or are they just just normal humans no good good no um, wow. no they're not famous well they might be but that's incidental mm. um and uh, I changed the names and disguised the sound a bit. Mm. And uh, available on the Audible platform. What's it called? Is it out now? No, it's not out yet. Okay. Um, the one I've got out now on Audible is called Families in Crisis. Great. Great. It's quite scary and sad, actually. I, I, I don't even recommend it. Okay. <laughs> because I think it's too gloomy. it just make you cry, honestly. Oh, hello you. My name's Tom Price. Hello, I'm Dave Cribb. You should come and join us every day. We do a podcast called Cabin Fever, where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives. So they come on our podcast instead, don't they, Dave? Yeah, it's an isolation podcast. Uh, it's Dave, were you yawning at the start of that sentence then? Was it just a little yawn? <laughs> yeah, it's basically the Great Big Owl isolation podcast. We'll have people on from all our podcasts, from your Rule of Threes, your Brian Rogers, your musicals, your bitchins. If you like any of our podcasts, if you like any of those people, chances are they'll be logging onto the Zoom call and just chatting because, let's face it, they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bill. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Cabin F-E-A-3709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Look, let's take a random number from 2010. Uh, let's just go to five, right in the middle. Okay. This... I'm really enjoying this, by the way. How are you? Yeah, because it's like a... 
you know, I'm finding out about myself and stuff. Yeah, there you go. This is the idea. This is the idea. Um, okay, let's have a little scroll down then in 2010, see what else we can find. Oh, this is such a good book. Ooh. Such a good book. So this is Catching Fire, yes. How Cooking Made Us Human. As you can st- see, I'm still on the prehistory thing. Yes. But this was about like when we learned how to make fire and we started cooking our food, uh, we got more nutrients out of the food. And so we had, sp- we spent less time actually uh, hunting and gathering. Mm. Uh, and then we had more time for leisuring and sort of building up more relationships. And, and uh, this is according to Richard Wrangham, how our brains uh, grew bigger than uh, chimps' brains because we discovered fire. Yes. which gave us a huge advantage. Yes. It's a very interesting book. I really recommend that one. It's such a fascinating idea. So we stopped being kind of uh, hand-to-mouth grazing constantly just to stay alive creatures, and we suddenly had a bit of time on our hands and bigger brains. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I noticed, I remembered a thing that Alice Roberts did on the telly when she got like, she tried to live off carrots, right? I think mm. she went a bit orange. <laughs> but when she didn't cook the carrots, she just had to spend all day eating carrots just to get enough calories. Yes. When she could cook the, the carrots, the starches t- turned to more efficient sugars. So she needed to eat less of them to get the same amount of nutrients. Okay, there you go. Brilliant. It's all about Well done cooking. us. Well done Fire. us. God, we've done well. Um, but then equally, from celebrating humans, we've got the misanthropic Charlie Brooker, the hell of it all. Genius. Uh, you've got to have a balance, haven't yes. you? You've got to have a balance. Of course we have. Of course we I have. I love funny books. Oh, look, God, I bought my own book again. Twice. <laughs> Couch fiction, a graphic tale of psychotherapy. I give them away. <laughs> And so I need a supply of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, there's nothing wrong with it. Look, but £8.73, so it's gone up here. It was £6 last time you bought it. Uh, well, so things just pounds. move about, you know, depending how popular they are. Um, all right. <gasps> what have we got here? Mad travel. Uh, mad travellers reflections on the reality of transient mental illnesses explain please what does that mean I can't remember that book at all (laughs) okay I'm just hoping it's in my brain but I have no memory maybe I bought it and didn't read it no one of those one of those I'm sure that happens a lot we all do that we all do that Um, okay let's keep scrolling down please Philippa let's see what else we can see Uh, here in 2010 another copy of Couch Fiction a graphic tale of psychotherapy very good shut up I also bought hang on wait 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 one second. 22nd of June. Let's see how many uh, copies you've bought of that. 15. That's £144 worth. <laughs> well, a lot of... You go and give a talk. Yeah. People want a book. Fling them out. And I buy it at whatever price it is, and then I sell it at the full price. Yeah. I'm not daft. Oh, okay, it's fine. easier than getting it from Palgrave Macmillan, who were my publishers at the time. Fine. Penguin, I have to say, are brilliant at giving me boxes of books. Mm. Thank you, Penguin. Big shout out. Big love to the Penguin, of course. Yeah, you'll of see course. when you get to my book, I haven't bought it at all because Penguin, my current books, <laughs> Penguin, give me all the copies. There you go. There you go. Um, okay, fine. All right, let's move on from 2010. Go Scroll up to the top. I think we've done 2010. Look, I bought a Joe Brand DVD. Oh, we love Joe Brand. That, so that's getting on. That's when she played a mental health nurse. Fantastic. Yeah, that was a great thing. I loved it. Where are we going now? We're going to leap on ahead. Well, you choose. Let's, let's, go keep, let's keep going forward. So let's go for 2013, I reckon. 2013. This is almost up to date. Oh, hello. <laughs> well, I mean, as we get towards Christmas, there's two things I want in my life. One, bought on the 22nd of December, Strictly Bipolar, one of my favourite dancing competitions. 
Strictly Bipolar by Darian Leader. Yeah. Um, this is a book about bipolar disorder, which used to be called Manic Depression. Mm. And I made a documentary about bipolar disorder for Channel 4. So look at me. I do some research. Clever on me. <laughs> Darian Leader is absolutely brilliant because he gave me this idea, this metaphor that someone who um, is feeling okay, it's because they're feeling connected and they're feeling connected to themselves yeah to their environment, to other people, to ideas. And it's as though they've got little hooks on their body that can connect to other things. And he said, when you're depressed, you've got no hooks and you can't, you can't connect to anything. Yes. But when you're manic, you've got so many hooks and you're making so many connections that you've gone absolutely mad because you haven't got a thread running through. There's all the connections going out at once. So isn't that brilliant? That Thank so you, good. Darian Leader, for that. That is so it's a, good. It's something I've used a lot when explaining um, why people are feeling like they're feeling. And it's such a use, useful metaphor. And, and I got it from that book. And both of those... Whether whether you're connected to lots of hooks or not at all, like when you're sorry, so when you're when you're connected to lots of hooks, equally you lose your sense of self, don't you? You've got so many different things going yeah. on, you don't have that core. So that's when you're manic. Mm. Mm. It's when you um, or ADHD a little bit. Yeah, it's when you're making so many connections that you lose that you forget the number you first thought of. You know, so you can't finish anything. Big nods happening or, here. Or Big find nods. your keys. Yes. Yes, I got you, haven't I? I got you. Well, you can say you can you can, you know why you've got me because I don't know if you saw. I'm just started looking out the window because I'm trying to swerve. I'm trying to swerve away because it's uh, yeah uncomfortable. Got you on the seat. You lose your keys. You don't know where you're going. You're looking out of the window. I think you're doing this very well. And Thanks. I think this is a great idea for a podcast. And oh. I see I bought another one of my books. Yeah, you did. Look, it's really embarrassing. Here we go. Come on, let's scroll down and find it. So How to Stay there Sane. There it is. The School of Life uh, by, it says here, Philippa Perry. She sounds like a great yeah, author. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, she's good. She's re She really knows her being. Yeah, yeah. How to Stay Sane. And now you can see how many books and how much anthropology I put into my work. Because yeah. you've seen it all and will tights warm legs the whole time <laughs> warm legs yeah. and loads of books um yeah. also what i like about it, what what is that image of it's a sort of pink image on the front is that a bird on the front it's okay. a bird flying like because it. in the book i talk about the graphic designer i don't think quite got it but in the book i talk about um we think we're individuals but actually we're one of a flock oh, nice. and we all affect each other and she sort of just gave put a single bird on the cover i think oh for fuck's sake okay. you know, who am i to argue you know what do you like then as a as a creative person because you are clearly a very creative person when you're when you're getting the feedback from your publisher and they're like here's the cover do you do you dig your heels in and get snotty or do you just go sure 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 sure, sure. take the easiest path which what sort of person are you uh, uh pitman battles you know mm. i mean that was part of a series and all of them had one blob thing on oh the i see R so vibes there. that's it um also the reason i just thought it was quite interesting in a kind of um associative way is that it, it looks a bit like the Twitter logo and it's a perfect analogy oh, for yeah. Twitter. You think you're an individual but actually you're part of a flock. I'd say in a more negative way. That's when in that book I think was when was that published? 
2012, I think that was published. Yeah. And I think that's when I got onto Twitter because my publisher said, go on Twitter and promote it. And I thought, well, that's a fucking waste of time because I haven't got any followers. Mm-hmm. Hello, this is my book. Will you read it, please? Thank you <laughs> to one follower who's a bot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had something because now which was why it was so tragic when my I lost my account the other day. Now I've got over 100,000 followers, which is very nice. Thank you very much. Yes. So now I, if I want to sell something, I've got, I have to say, don't buy this, you won't like it. <laughs> Paradoxical <laughs> intervention. And um, which was why I was so upset when somebody hacked into my Twitter and it was taken over. Oh, yes, I know. I was, I was very conscious of this uh, when I was watching your Twitter over the last couple of days, thinking I've got to ask her if I can get into her Amazon account. How up for it is she going to be? It's quite traumatic when you not, get the old... You're fine. Not up for it. I can hardly get into it yeah, myself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's quite traumatic getting the old hackage, isn't it? It's not nice. Uh, yeah, I had my, I've had two electric bicycles stolen in the past year. Ah. And that was a lot of money. That was like probably like £5,000 worth of bicycles stolen. And yet when my Twitter, uh, Instagram Mm. and email were lost to me, I felt so much worse, even though I didn't actually lose any money because I've secured my bank account pretty damn quick. Well done. Um, So I didn't lose any money. Uh, I've lost my, my work Instagram but not my cat's Instagram. So I'm really <laughs> so, pleased that Kevin Kitty Cat is still going strong on Instagram. But my 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 book promotion has gone. Yeah. Do you think? But you- I thought, oh no! I thought thirty. I had thirty thousand followers on that. I thought thirty thousand followers. I thought. Then I thought, oh, hang on, they're not dead. I haven't lost them as in they've died. Yeah, it's not that sad. No, so it's no. not that yeah. bad. And also, don't you think that maybe, and I, this might be some very glib psychology coming back at you here, but those you realise your emails and your Instagram and your Twitter, those are the hooks attaching you to this person. And when, you're, when those are released and you have the panic, isn't part of you like... I could just walk away from all of it. Don't you have a feeling if I'm going to become some sort of digital no, nomad? No, because I'm, I'm really fond of Twitter. Mm. Like, I uh, I like chatting to people. Yes. You engage, like, don't you? Like, you do engage with your Yeah, followers. I do. I love the chat. Mm. And I've, I've met some people. I've met some friends. And the other thing is you meet someone at a party. Do you remember those? We used to go to parties. Right. You meet somebody at a party and you think, they're nice. I'll follow them on Twitter or and they'll follow me and we can carry on chatting. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. And it, it has, there's, there is a case for the defence of t- social media for that sort of reason. The only problem is that is it's just so bloody addictive. I wish it wasn't quite so addictive. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, well, I don't think I'm addicted to it, but I realise I think I've got my identity because I felt like I'd been stolen. I think my identity's caught up in it, which is probably not healthy. Yes. But now I've got it back, I feel fine again. So <laughs> the good. hooks are back on. And I've got my cat's account. That's the most important thing. Let, let's keep scrolling through 2013, Philippa. Go, go to the bottom of this page. If Look, you could I bought me. all of Jane Austen yeah. on Kindle. I say that, but look how much I paid I for know, it. I know, I know, I know. Zero point zero zero zero. That's right. Oh, look, here you go. Demedicalizing misery, psychiatry, psychology and the human condition. Are you finding my book purchasing a bit one note? I am. So, well, 
I mean, it's it's maybe one field, you know, of life, but there's so much to it. Like, it's there's so many different nooks and crannies that you can fall into with all this stuff. Anatomy of an epidemic, magic bullets, psychiatric drugs, and the astonishing rise of mental illness in America. Like, it is endlessly fascinating. Yeah, the more drugs they take, the worse the mental health crisis gets. I'm seeing a link there. Yes. Call me old-fashioned. Yes. Um, yeah. I recommend this book to absolutely everybody. It's easy to read. It's got all the science. Anatomy of an Epidemic, Magic Bullocks, Psychiatric Drugs and the Astonishing Rise of Mental Illness in America. Mm. Robert Whittaker. Read it, read it, read it. If you're depressed, mm, read it. Okay, okay. If you're not depressed but might be in the future, read it. Wow, this is the most ringing endorsement we've had so far on the episode, Philippa. Yeah. Okay, so if there's one book... Most important book. It's because um, so many um, psychiatric drugs don't cure depression. They just put a plaster on it. Mm. And actually, a bit like a plaster you put on a wound, at first it feels really nice and great. And that's when they do the research. Then after a while, it you know if you if you don't take the plaster off, you're going to get gangrene. Mm. Well, if you don't, if you if you get hooked on these drugs, you're going to need more and more and more of them to have the same effect. Mm. And uh, I don't want to say anything that's going to get me sued because they've got more money than I have. <laughs> but please read this book. Okay. Okay. Fine. Um, all right, good. You're uh, going to cut that, aren't you? I'm you absolutely not going to cut that. that. No, I think that's really interesting. Right, okay. I think it's really interesting. I think that people get very uh, defensive about medication and mental health. Um, Johan Hari got into all sorts of trouble, didn't he, when he went on Twitter? I don't know. He's telling I'm people not to take it. I'm very oh, fond uh, of him. Well, he, he was saying to people, I had depression and I took tablets and it wasn't the answer. Horses for courses, everyone's got... Oh, you know, I see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad he said that. Mm. And not, it was the answer, I'm fine. Which it is for some people because yes. it's a temporary thing anyway. Yes, yes, yes. And it might make it bearable. And it, and I'm sure drugs do save lives. Yeah. yeah. But dependence upon them is not great. Yeah. There's That's all, what I'm saying. There always has to be an arc towards coming off them, doesn't there? That's the point. That's I the hope point. so. Um, Jane Austen, Northanger Abbey, again, getting it free on Kindle. Very nice. Can you scroll down for me, please? Can we, let's dive into this what have we got here oh look come on lovely stuff there here on the 28th of october 2013 are you going to claim this as your daughter or are you going to take this one for yourself china glaze metro collection for full um this is lots of nail lacquer here china oh look at the nails philip look at those nails we are on a video call and philip is showing me that's a beautiful blue or is it a teal you've got there going on what's going on (laughs) How did you get into? Because you were you were an artist first of all, right? You went to art school. How did the psychotherapy yeah. thing happen? Uh, I was an artist, and um, you know, you, when you make art, you're on your own all day. It's mm. quite lonely. Yeah. And also, Radio Four and Powdered Milk—that's what being an artist was. Like. <laughs> also, um, uh, I've always been interested in psychology. I've always read very deeply around psychology and I was just resisting being a therapist because I didn't think I could be. And I dipped my toe in by working for a suicide helpline and then I got some more training and then some more training and then before I knew it, I'd done a counselling course. And then before I knew it, I'd done the first year of the psychotherapy course (laughs) and then the second and then the third and then the fourth and then the fifth. So... um, Then it's too... far too late then you're stuck then you then you then you have to have clients otherwise you can't 
progress and learn more. And you learn a lot by, you learn mostly from clients rather than from reading. And do you think you're a, a better therapist now than you were? Do you feel like, oh, I wish I could go back and do those people again. I'd do a much better job. Yeah, I do a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have the, the first five clients ever had. Come back, come back. I'm all right now. I can do it now. Sorry, I practiced on you. That's Sorry about that. Cool. Yeah, I'd love that. Maybe the first 20 back again. Yeah. But if you're reading, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, I haven't got any spaces. You can't come back. <laughs> but you can, you can meet me for coffee. That's fine. Fine. All right. You can always tweet her. We know she likes Twitter. Let's go to 2020. Let's have a little look at Philip Perry's lockdown, please. That's what I'd like oh. to see. Oh, 145 orders in a year. Well played. Well played, Philippa. Really strong. It's gone up, hasn't it? It's gone up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really noticeably gone up. Um, we've got here, we start at the end of the year, as you always do when you when you navigate to this page on your purchase history. By the way, listeners, if you've ever, never done this, do have a go and let us know what you discover. Um, 31st of December, New Year's Eve, you bought some instant lighting fire logs. Oh, I love a log fire, please. Yes. Like, if I can see on our video call, I can see the fireplace in the background. Is that what they're for? Uh, this one, right. Mm-hmm. This is a gas fire. Yeah, lovely. Oh, it always works well, chucking a log on a gas Downstairs fire. Downstairs yep. is a real fire. Ah. Upstairs in my study, only got a gas fire because okay. I'm supposed to work here, not just clean the fireplace. So. They're, they're quite high maintenance, aren't they, the fires? Yeah, it's a lot of work, but I quite like that. But mm. that's that's leisure. So here I've only got a gas fire in this room. Right, right, right. Okay. That sounds glamorous. Look at my gas fire. <laughs> Check out my gas fire. Ooh. It's quite a fancy gas fire, really. The how far we've come. We've come from the chimps using fire to become humans. And now we've got a gas fire upstairs whilst podcasting. What a species we are. Um, All right. Do me a favour again, Philippa. Scroll right down. Lipstick. Oh, I mean, look. Scroll scroll right (laughs) down. No, no, right down. So, and then go to the beginning of the year. So 15, and we'll take us to the beginning. Here we go. So the beginning of 2020, we've got Elizabeth Strout Olive again. I've not read that. You've got oh, an audio Oh, I recommend here. that so much with all my heart. Such, mm. such, such good books. Okay, good, good. I know I've heard very good things about her. Um, what have we got here? Drink the new science of alcohol and your health bought at the beginning of the year. Is there some sort of significance to that? I'm very fond of Professor David Nutt and I read everything he writes. I did a book program with him once and I just, he just cuts through bullshit. He's brilliant. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite addictive, isn't it? When people are constantly giving you new takes on the human brain like that and and new ways of being a human. It's quite He's really good on drugs. (laughs) What do you mean? He's good on drugs? No, let me rephrase that. (laughs) He's really good on the subject of drugs (laughs) and alcohol is a drug. So obviously he knows a lot about that. What's his, what's his sort of headline take, please? What's the kind of... I think he thinks we'd be better off with safety kite mark MDMA than alcohol because alcohol's quite bad for you and other drugs are not so bad for you, but they're not regulated. Mm -hmm. But if they were regulated, we'd do better. Interesting. Okay, good. Thank you. Enjoyed that. But, right. you know, that's my take on David Nutt. Mm. I might have got it wrong, but I think that's his take. And let's not forget, David Nutt, very good on drugs. Um, Joyce Carol Oates, lovely duck deep. Going for some audio books here. Love an audio Yeah, I'm book. going through an audio book stage here mm. because I'm probably driving a lot. And right. so I need audio books in the car. So good. You can drive for bloody miles oh, with an audio book. I know, I know. And yet, even as we approach lockdown with nowhere to go, you could still just drive around listening to audio books. Oh, Marianne Key's Grown Ups. I've read that and I love it. She's fantastic. I love that book. She's Absolutely great. love it. Mm, mm. Loved it. It was like a soap opera. 
Yes, wasn't it? yes. It's just like a really good soap opera. I missed them. One of those books that ended and I missed all the characters Yeah, you instantly. just want, oh, I want season two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Write season two, Marion Keys, please. She totally Thank will. You. She totally will. Um, all right, very good. Uh, let's jump into the middle of 2020 and see what you're up to in lockdown. So go for number, yeah, 11. Why not? Let's see where you are. Halfway through lockdown, um... We're in June now. Lovely. Oh, look, some plants. Very good for mental health. You know what? I bought plants on Amazon and they arrived in sort of boxes and paper bags and they're absolutely brilliant and they're fine and they're thriving in the back garden. Really great. Amazon do do well at random things like that. They think it through before they do it. And look at this now. I'm buying chocolate and candles. Oh, nice. So This is very lockdown, isn't it? This is very, very lockdown. But not for yourself. You're buying them them for other people. Helping other people along. I am. You're right. Um, Just keep scrolling down. Neil's Yard Remedies. What happened to the woman that read? What happened to her? <laughs> Where did she go? She's just buying soap now. She's buying, she's buying soap. More faglo. Who buys who buys fire logs uh, in June? Like it wasn't. It was quite warm. Are you, do you like a fire in summer? The, these fire logs, when you've had a barbecue, you can just throw one on afterwards, and then you've got flames to sit round. Oh, that's lovely. I know. Fifteen fire glow, the instant lighting fire log. There you are. I remember that one. Um, uh, hairdressing scissors, cutting one's own hair in May 2020. We Don't all were. you remember the hairdressers were shot? I, I have a vague recollection. Yes. I had to cut my own hair. Yes, yes. Quite nerve wracking. Look at that fringe. Well, I know when, you, when you've got a distinctive fringe, when you've got, you know, you, you're. The, I mean, it's either buying those scissors or not being able to see out. I had to go with the kitchen scissors and it sort of bent them round. So I thought, no, I'll buy some proper sharp scissors. But, 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 but fringes are terrifying to cut. With, because if you just go a little bit too high, you're going to go higher and higher and higher, aren't you? It's quite a nerve-wracking thing to do. Look, I'm buying drugs here. Yellow Yao catnip bags. That's drugs for the cat. Right, okay. Okay, good. It's the first thing we've seen you buying for, for, the, for the pet in your life. How many cats have you got? Just the one? One. Okay, very nice, very nice. He's uh, got his own Instagram account. Oh, yeah, which is completely Don't unhacked. Don't follow it. Don't. <laughs> what is it called? What's the account called? Kevin Kitty Cat. Don't <laughs> Kevin follow it. Kevin Kitty Cat. I'm so following. It's basically it. just my house interiors and the cat. Right, right. Who's or ha- where me and the cat go for walks outside. That's all it is. <laughs> um, what will be depressing is when you get more followers for that than you do for your actual oh, proper account. Kevin was more f- popular than my <laughs> than my book, I think. Yeah. Instagram is all about cats. Um, go to number nine along the bottom. Let's just have... Number nine. Let's have a random look, shall we, and see what we've got uh, in here. Oh, shit. I still haven't bought... What the fuck? Oh, yeah, my shower attachment broke. That's <laughs> the thing for the shower. Good, good. Fixing the shower. Still haven't fixed it. Oh, look. I've bought from the Oast House, the Alan Partridge podcast. Amazing. Amazing. So, the, the, the intellectual reading has gone right down, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's definitely a theme. And also, it's gone a bit weird here. 1st of September 2020. Anatomical lungs cookie cut- cutter. So this is... So I can explain <laughs> everything. You're, gonna make, you're making lung, lung biscuits, basically. I was... I volunteered for charity to go on Celebrity Bake Off for Stand Up to Cancer. Ah. So I thought, and my friend has got lung cancer, so I thought I'd make some lung biscuits. Oh, wow. But then I got the brief and lung biscuits weren't required. I had to make 
I had to make a layered biscuit, not a lung biscuit. Got it. So this is the thing we never saw. We're seeing behind never the scenes. Never saw my lung biscuits, but of course I can make them for her anytime I like. So and she can shout at me, it's probably sugar that gave me cancer in the first place. Like a, my bad. <laughs> I'll eat them. I'll have them. Uh, all right. Lungs, cookie cutters. I mean, the stuff you can get on Amazon. Wonderful. Oh, hello. Thank oh, Christ. We're we still reading. She's still Here got a brain. Go. She's still got a brain. Oh. Go on. This is wonderful. This is Towards the Psychology of Uncertainty, Trauma-Centred Psychoanalysis. And this is uh, by Doris Brothers, who's a psychoanalyst in New York. And she's she's got some very good models of the brain that she's made up. Right. And uh, she has things like, I can't remember what she calls them, but it's like fluid schema and fixed schema. Mm. And if you're not traumatised, you can be flexible you can react to what's in front of you. But if you're traumatized, you get some rigid belief system and these can go th- through the generations in transgenerational t- trauma. Yeah. So you can, um, so if you're traumatized, you, you're kind of a, a little bit like me because mm. I was traumatized by having my accounts hacked. So when you ask me for my Amazon password, I go, oh no way you getting my Amazon password. Because you're you see stuck. what I mean? You're that's a fixed frozen. That's a fixed trauma because yeah. I'm too traumatized by what happened to me in the last week at the moment to be really flexible and see like Tom's probably not going to order fire logs for himself <laughs> off my Amazon. <laughs> oh, account. Bloody well, actually, fire logs look great. Yeah, he's probably going to use his own Amazon account <laughs> to buy those. But you know, he's probably a trustworthy person because he's mm. a public figure, and I could humiliate him greatly if he stole anything from my Amazon account. You could. So I could probably trust you. Yes. But I'm in that fixed trauma schema thing yes. with my brain at the moment. Like I'm, I'm really rigid. Yeah. I'm not fluid. I'm not. I'm not flexible yeah. on, on, on my things. Now, this is a very small example. Imagine if you're really badly let down by people. Say you're four years old and you're really flexible and you go with the flow and then your parents die on you. Then you might get some really fixed schema that lasts you for life because mm. of that trauma is so difficult to get over. Yes. Well, this is, I, I've read about this because um, my dad died when I was 13. And oh, right. Yeah, I, that's pretty traumatic. Yeah, it's, it's true, isn't it? That, that's the one of the worst ages, like between seven and 13, or apparently I read this years ago. Uh, but this idea of being stuck, you get stuck at that age and and it, that just rings very, very true. Very, very true indeed. You stay that person yeah, a for a long time. Yeah, part of you, you know, we talked about dissociative identity disorder earlier. Mm. Well, that goes in graduations. You might not just go flip into your 13-year-old self and not realise that you're you're whatever the age you are. You still own the, um, the adult that you are and who you are. But under certain circumstances, I wouldn't be surprised if you flipped or gradually went into being the 13-year-old boy. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I don't know. I don't know what a 13-year-old boy, you as a 13-year-old boy was like. Yes. But when, I was, when I was four, um, my nanny, who used to look after me, that's not my granny, that's the paid help nanny type nanny, mm-hmm. okay. uh, didn't work for us anymore. I'm not quite sure why not and how that happened or what happened, but... The, there's a part of me that was very traumatised by that and there's a part of me that can revert to being four. But the circumstances for me reverting to be four are not traumatic. They're when everything's really easy going and fun and I'm with people I love and trust. Then the four-year-old comes out. 
Interesting. Sort of play, very playful four-year-old's got a different voice. Wow. Wow. It's quite bossy. But how do, when did you clock that it's when you're happy that that, because one would assume it's when things are tough that you revert to the 13 or five-year-old. No, or I revert, I revert when I'm happy because I revert before she's left, before the trauma came, I find that person again. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, and so it's it's like when I'm really relaxed and happy and mm. my, you know, I've had like, you know, 30 years of psychoanalysis and my task is always to um, try to integrate the playful, demanding, um, entitled four-year-old into me. Yes. The 63-year-old. Yes. I'm yes. working on it. It's coming along quite well. <laughs> It's, we're all doing it. We're all on an ongoing project. Ongoing project. Anyway, so there we go. If you want to learn more about how not to be certain, because the fixed schemas yeah. are certainty, aren't they? Yeah. You know, when you go, I'm not going to give anyone my password. That is a fixed schema. That's mm. certainty. I'm certain it's wrong. I'm certain he's bad. She's good. That sort of thing. These yeah. really rigid belief systems. Yeah. Um, she is trying to get us all to be flexible again. So that's why we've got a toward a psychology of uncertainty. Thank you, Love Doris it. Brothers. Very good book. It's oh, quite academic. Well, but it's that's not a, an easy read. But you've done what Philip Perry does. You've given us a beautiful headline description of it. Perfect. I really get it. And it's absolutely fascinating. I can add that to my uh, list of COD psychology things to bring up in conversation now. Um, it's probably best if you read the book before you do it. <laughs> uh, right. So here's what we're going to do, Philip. We're running out of time. You've got to go and look after siblings. I've got to go to a really boring meeting, which is going to be quite a come down after this. What I'd love you to do is go to the last order, your latest order that you've done on Amazon. Okay. Just to How do I find that? So, 20. Yeah. Last 30 21. days at the top. Last, last 30, 30 days. days. Yeah. To complete the Philippa Perry journey. And I mean, look, you can choose one that best sums you up if you like, or we can be honest and go for that one, which is sitting there on the 12th of May. Okay. What have I bought? I've bought a Kindle book. Yep. Yep. Never kiss a man in a canoe. Words of wisdom from the golden age of agony aunts. Why? Now, because in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to record uh, five episodes of Countdown in Dictionary Corner. Oh my word. And I thought they'd need some agony aunt and anecdotes. Great. So I've bought this book to remind myself of those. Of the good agony aunt anecdotes. So how do you find it when you end up doing these like Dictionary Corner? That Have you done that before or is this the first time? I think what happened when I did Grayson's Art Club, there was a celebrity booker that booked the celebrities that we had with us. Yeah. Um, and she liked the look of me and she put me on um, Celebrity Bake Off. And ever since I've had uh, you know, I was asked to do Celebrity Mastermind. I said, oh, no, thank you. As you've realised from my reading, I'm a bit of a one-trick pony. <laughs> if it's not on psychology, I'm absolutely fucking lost. <laughs> Don't ask me about cricket. No. <laughs> and um, But I've been asked to do some lovely things. I'm going to do Would I Lie to You? I'm going to do... Um, uh, what else am I going to do? Uh Countdown yeah. and Richard Osman's House of Games. Oh, are this is so dreamy. This is so dreamy. Perfect. So I love parties and I think all these things are a bit like all we've got for parties at the moment. I mean, I love watching them. Whether I like being on them is another matter. Well, we'll, we'll, find, we'll out. find out. We'll find out. And when we're watching you on those TV shows, if we see you start to behave like a four-year-old, we'll know you're happy. See? Yeah, I'm hoping she doesn't come out. <laughs> Might be a bit embarrassing because you really think, what? When she does it, if you, if you don't know her. Yeah. But, 
she usually only comes up with people you, she knows. So it's right, right. Okay. Okay. Fine. All right. Let's go for this. Look, real logs. Sometimes we've got real firewood. Look at that. I think this is a perfect final uh, item to end on, Philippa. We can leave you with your kiln-dried hardwood fire logs. 30 kilograms of them for 30 pounds. That's about a pound a kilogram. Um, it's a very expensive way of buying wood. It really is. Really is. My but- time is very expensive. Exactly. Um, Philippa Perry, thank you so much for joining me on my mate bought a toaster. Oh, it's been so much fun. <laughs> what a great idea for a podcast. Thank you. All right, Philippa, I'll let you go. Have a lovely day. Thank you, thank you, thank All you, right. thank you, thank uh, you. Thank you for having me on. It's been really good fun. You're such a star. Thank okay. you. That was brilliant. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Philippa Perry there on my mate bought a toaster. Oh, I need to go for a lie down. Hello, it's Mr. P here. I'm the other Mr. P. And we are the hosts of two Mr. P's in a podcast. The educational podcast where you don't actually learn a thing. No, instead we explore the weird, wonderful and downright hilarious things that happen in school from people actually doing the job. We reminisce on our own time at school, funny things we experience each day. And of course, we share your hilarious stories from the chalk face. So if you work in a school or just want a nostalgic trip down memory lane, sit up straight, fingers on lips and get ready for the lesson. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.